Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it! Clowney just says, I'll take care of business right here. I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. 22nd and 10 for Fields. Fields to throw it. Pump fake. Sacks. Fires. Touchdown, Garrett Wilson. Now Burrow going to launch downfield for Chase. Who's got it? Touchdown, LSU! Snaps with the This is Menace to Picks. All right, welcome to the next episode of the Menace to Picks podcast. JG the Joker here with the Midwest Insider and the coach. We are breaking down everything you need to know about the Ohio State-Michigan game this year, the history of the game, our picks for the game, all the pageantry leading up to it. It's not just a year-long or a week-long preparation. It's a year-round lifestyle event, especially on the Ohio State side. Recently, um, our two insiders are going to tell us their thoughts on the game as well as everything that, that the game means to them and to the state of Ohio, the Midwest. Fellas, appreciate you being here. Midwest Insider, we'll start with you. Talk to us just about the game, growing up with it, the lifestyle, and what it means to you. Absolutely, and thanks for having me. This is certainly going to be a special episode, and it's always bittersweet when we get to the Michigan game because, you know, the season always flies by. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a year where it's like, oh, that, that felt like a long season. No, it's it's here, and we are we are hitting the, the climax of the year, which is always with Michigan. Um, I'm not one of those people that won't say the word Michigan. I will say it. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a good talking point on what the rivalry means to many people. And, and what it means to me, it's, it's more than a game. And I always think, like, if, if somebody from outer space plopped down today and asked about the Ohio State-Michigan game, how confused they would be. Because, you know, I was thinking about this question before we got on here, and, you know, it, it really dictates part of my life, you know, 365 days a year. Like, we're at the store. I won't buy blue Solo Cups. I will only buy red, and I won't even use them if my wife accidentally buys them. Um, you know, I've changed my kids' outfits when there's too much maize and blue in them, put them in something else. Um, <laughs> I, I, I literally get in a bad mood when I see anybody in the state of Ohio wearing Michigan gear. It, it can ruin seconds to minutes of my day just by, just by looking at it. And, you know, it's, it's more than a game. It's family, friends, you know, a rivalry is what makes college football so special. And, you know, Ohio State and Michigan, for that matter, are, are fortunate to have something this special, um, arguably, in my opinion, the greatest rivalry in all of sports. So it's a special week um, for everybody in, in the Midwest. So much that I can build off from what you just said there. Um, that's why a, a little bit there, you know, and we'll get to this, the motivation of, of last year. I thought Michigan, maybe the most disrespectful thing ever, they didn't play the game. Um, you know, I know that there was teams forfeiting or whatever. We're not going to get into all that. 
but uh, they couldn't field a team to to play the game for the first time in 130 years or whatever. So, Coach, we appreciate you coming on. If you just want to talk to us a little bit about your experience. I love what the insider said there. That um, That's very well said, and that's the way many people live their lives. Uh, if you're If you are from the state of Ohio, uh, if you're from the state of Michigan, can't speak to that personally, but it really does affect everything that you do in your life. Uh, From the clothes that you choose to wear, the clothes you choose to put your kids in, um, you grow up with it. So, and for us being from a certain age group, uh, we remember the times when uh, the the rivalry was flipped in the other direction. As of the last 20 years, you know, there's only been two uh, wins from the Michigan side. And so it hasn't really been much of a, of a rivalry. But there were so many times during the 90s growing up where Ohio State had the best team in the Big Ten by far or, you know, they uh, had some of the best players and uh, some of the best rosters and couldn't get over the hump. And it would put you in a sour mood for uh, – not only that day, but a month and a year till the next opportunity you had. So um, it's just, it's special and it's different to not only be a part of it. Uh, if, obviously, if you're a player, if you're uh, a former player, if you're a coach, but it's almost as if everybody that's involved with it is, uh, it's a part of their lives regardless. Obviously, our production, Minutes to Sports, I mean, Zach Smith, former Ohio State football coach. Um, his grandfather is a guy that that's a legend in the uh, Ohio State Michigan rivalry. You know, a legend at Ohio State. So our our entire entity, Minus Two Picks, Minus Two Sports, is is Buckeye biased. It really is. But uh, we try to do a good job of of at least when, when we're talking about picking the games, looking at it from a non biased perspective. But certainly this episode is going to be more, more Buckeye related than. Um, than the other way we do have some subscribers that are from michigan that, that they don't really don't give a shit because they're just here to, <laughs> to make, make some picks and win some money but um you know and we and we've played against um you know the buckeyes only a few times generally if we don't like w- what we're seeing from that week and since we do have an insider perspective we'll try to look at something different maybe it's a team total or a prop or a first quarter or maybe we'll we'll tease the game or something like that so by the end we'll get the picks but certainly this uh perspective that we're going to give today is, is going to be, you know, the, the background of, of what it looks like on the Ohio side. As, as the coach said, I can't really speak to what it feels like being on the other side of it. But on this side of things, as those two explained, it just means so much. And as coach, you brought up, there was many times when I remember being a younger person and just feeling sick. I'm still sick that Ohio State lost in, in um, Michigan with Luke Fickle when they played a great game. Uh, Braxton Miller played his ass off. Uh, we didn't quite get it done. Michigan made some tremendous plays in the game. So they needed everything. That Probably the best team they've had. They needed everything to beat a 6-7 a and seven Ohio State. Um, and then, of course, the year before that was coming off our national championship season with uh, Chris Perry going off with Braylon Edwards. That game makes me absolutely sick. And even though those are only two losses <laughs> in 20 years, it, it can really, you know, fuck with you. So um, just going back, we'll take it back to the coach here. What's the um, your, your biggest memory as far as, like, uh, the game that sticks out historically? Which game was it for you that, that you look back and, 
whether it's a you know, happy memory, sad memory, but what's just the one game that's in your head? So the obvious choice would be in 2002 being in the south end zone when uh, a cold, blustery Saturday, uh, as you would expect, and the game goes down to the wire and John Navarre's at quarterback uh, going into the south end zone where our defense had not given up much the entire year going that direction. Totally different style of football, obviously, than we play today. Um, but it was down to one play and uh, at the goal line, and Will Allen steps in front of a pass, and everybody, the f- crowd just erupts and explodes and heads on the field, and it's party time. Unbelievable experience. Man, that game, um, obviously – <laughs> went down in history for a lot of reasons but you know campus after that game you're not going to see anything like that ever again on Ohio State's campus just in the social media era it was literally a riot there were cars on fire it was <laughs> it was something out of a movie but um then it was because of the Ohio State Michigan game <laughs> you know? so um again as as the Midwest Insider mentioned, if somebody does, doesn't know about it, they, they would be pretty confused on what they're looking at. Of course, it's not going to be that crazy. Um, this is in the social yeah, that media That was era. back when they would shut down Lane Avenue, too. And I remember I was still in high school during that game and walking out of the out of the stadium afterwards. I saw the, the house that's right next to um, uh, the varsity club was on fire. There was literally flames coming out and people were still on the porch partying. And I look to my right and there's a guy dressed as Winnie the Winnie the Pooh carrying a keg down the street. I'm like, okay, this is where I need to go to school. And they had the, that, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that house had the uh, Dick McNutt for Heisman, right? Yes, exactly. People of a certain age will remember that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so Midwest, uh, obviously, that was a big game. Um locking up the Buckeyes' first chance to, to win a national championship with Jim Trestle. Uh, what about for you? Um, really, it's a tough question to answer. I, I've actually been blessed to be at the Ohio State-Michigan game in person for every game the last 22 years in a row. Um, and the one that sticks out the most to me is actually 2019 at Michigan. Um, if you remember – you know, that, that team, the 2019 team, was incredible. I mean, we were blowing the doors off of everybody. And then slowly Michigan started creeping up, and there was a lot of hype for that game. A lot of people thought that was Michigan's year. There were some parallels to, you know, some game in the 60s that, you know, was kind of uncanny how many similarities there were. But we just, you know, beat their ass. And here's a little – here's some tips for people that – might have never been up there from the state of Ohio. Um, the stadium, if you if you sit in the top row, I think it's row 93, you get an extra seat behind you. There's an extra tiny row that you can decide if you want to sit back there by yourself or stand up the whole game. So you almost get two seats. Uh, and I didn't know that. And so, you know, they pack you in there like sardines if you've never been. So it was great because I like to stand for, you know, that game. So I was able to stand up. You know, it was awesome. We, you know, Michigan fans were leaving after the third quarter. And if you've never been up there, you go in at row 70. So there's about 20 rows that go up and then 70 that go down. 
So, you know, me being at the top, I can see all the Michigan fans leaving. So I was able to wave goodbye to all the Michigan fans as they left. Um, and, and really what, what makes that game stand out is a very, very close family friend of mine. Uh, his name is David Weber. It, it'll be his last Ohio State Michigan game. Um, in my opinion, the greatest Ohio State uh, alum that's ever graduated there. Just a just a hell of a man, um, and that kind of goes back to the family and friends. He, I think, him and my old man had been to something like fifty in a row. Um, so you know, celebrating with him afterwards, something I'll never forget. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You know, those memories talk about the word pathos which is greek for feeling emotion you know that's really what it's about i mean for me my goal as a kid was to make it to ohio state you know um i didn't really have athletic goals from you know you know obviously i was an athlete growing up but i I never had visions of playing in college or anything i just wanted to go to ohio state and be a student so um that game represents everything for me because it's just what i saw when i was a little kid so i was indoctrinated to think that that was the most important thing. That was the, that was the ultimate sure, uh, win. It is. <laughs> and uh, so when I actually got to Ohio State and you know and, and went to that game, it was it was everything for me. It was a representation of everything that I you know that I had accomplished as a as a young man growing up in Ohio. You know, so huge for me. The um, one versus two game is a little overrated for me. Um, Troy Smith, Heisman game. That was a great game, but if you go back and look at it, Ohio State led by two touchdowns, two scores, majority of the game. It wasn't overly dramatic. It, it seemed like, you know, as, as every time Michigan got close in the game, it never felt like Ohio State wasn't going to be able to answer. So I felt like Ohio State was toying with Michigan a little bit that day, and Troy Smith could have put up whatever amount of points he would have needed to win the game. The year before was my freshman year at Ohio State. We're at Michigan, first time ever going – to the Ohio State Michigan game, and it was at Michigan, and um, we trailed in that game by nine late in the game, and um, there was a moment in the game when when it really appeared like it was all over. You know, there was only seven eight minutes to go in the game, and we're down two scores, which is a ton. And you know, two thousand six, two thousand five football, and. Um, Troy Smith took us right down the field. San Antonio Holmes dives into the end zone, gets a 15-yard penalty for diving into the end zone for some reason. I don't understand still to this day why that penalty was called. But then um, Chad Henney, he puts it on the tight end on third down, puts it on his chest, and the tight end drops the pass. So Ohio State gets the ball back. Troy Smith takes him right down the field again. You know, the dramatic catch to Anthony Gonzalez, and then um, Pittman runs it in. And you could hear a pin drop. I mean, it was one of one of the most beautiful moments of my life. <laughs> you know, like it was just dead silent, and uh, that's always going to stick out to me as as that moment. But um, yeah, so many tremendous memories. Obviously, I'm right in the end zone. Curtis Samuel ran right to my seats, or right where I was sitting, uh, after he made the amazing play on like third and third and long, I think ran all the way across the field, looked like the game was going to be over. I mean, if he gets tackled for loss on that play, it's about to be fourth and 17 or something. Runs all the way across the field, and then, you know, JT picks for the first down. I wasn't even sure the Curtis Samuel play counted because the stadium was so loud. I didn't know if there was a whistle or what. I mean, it was like, you know, just absolutely incredible scenes. So 
Uh, so all that beautiful thing. Let's talk about this year. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes open up six-point favorite. That surprised me to see. I think they'll get bet throughout the week. Um, and this is just really interesting because I think Ohio State's got motivation this year. The game is for everything. It's for the Big Ten East. Uh, the winner goes to Indianapolis. The winner's probably going to be playing in the college football playoff, provided they can beat Wisconsin or Iowa the following week. So just a monumental game. Midwest Insider, talk, t- take us through what, what it's going to look like first when Ohio State's on offense. So I, I'm nervous for this game, obviously. I'm nervous every Ohio State-Michigan game. Um, but what we saw on Saturday with the offense, you know, if, if they play like that, I, no one's beating this team. Um, I think they're seven to 14 points better than anybody in the country. If they play like they did on Saturday, which in my opinion was arguably the greatest half of Ohio state football in the program's history. I mean, 49 to zero against a top seven team. Sure. Michigan state was a little bit overrated, but that would have been a great half against Akron. So I mean, there's there's no arguing that, you know, we finally saw the team kind of click on all cylinders. But so what I've seen with this game and Stroud um, for, you know, for this for the, the entirety of the year is if Ohio State gets off to a fast start, um, you know, things seem to roll. You know, if we get a couple touchdowns on the board. Um, the game seems to get, you know, out of hand quick. And when Ohio State's on offense, I really, really, really like Michigan's D-line. Uh, they have some dudes. They have a couple, you know, we all know Hutchinson. Their other defensive end might even be better. So, you know, everybody's touting this offensive line as, you know, the greatest in the country or top five, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's time to earn their, 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 you know, big money for the NFL this weekend. So if they have Jones and – Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, they Ohio State hasn't seen an Aiden Hutchinson or a David Jabo or whatever his name is. They haven't seen that, you know, this year. Penn State was was pretty good. Um, you know, Nebraska's defense is better than people realize, even though Wisconsin was carving them up yesterday. Um, but yeah, they certainly haven't seen a caliber of of DNs as Michigan has. Exactly. So, you know, I think if Nick. Uh, Free and Dewan Jones play to their capability. We get off to a fast start, which I think we will. Uh, I kind of hope we get the ball first and just go down the field and score, take the wind out a little bit. Um, you know, I, I see us getting 35 to 40 points on uh, offense. And I think that's kind of the magic number for these big games. If you can get 35 to 40 points, um, your chances of winning are, you know, up in the 99 percentile when you're Ohio State. I think I saw a stat, and don't hold me to these exact numbers, but when Ohio State scores over 35 points, I think there's something like 180 and one. So that's your magic number. I think we get it. I think the offense does get out to a fast start. Uh, The last thing we want is like a six to seven or six to 14 halftime score. Um, We need to convert in the red zone, which I think we've kind of figured that out a little bit. And, you know, we, we put 21 to 28 in the first half. I think we're going to be in really good shape. Coach, thoughts on us when Ohio State Buckeyes were on offense? I think that pretty much covered everything. We, uh, we do have respect for their defensive line. Um, the, the two DNs are 
solid players. Um, they, they seem to be sound. Um, I think, however, I do think, and this goes back to the Woody Bow era, and this is something that has always been true and it will remain true. In this game, the team that owns the line of scrimmage is the one that wins, and their run defense is very suspect. So as, as much as everybody's looking for the high-flying offense, which we've seen in the last few weeks, I expect a huge week on the ground from the Buckeyes. Totally agree with that last statement. My key player for the game is Travion Henderson. I've thought all along that Ohio State's been saving him for the end of the season. Um, and one thing you can do to negate a team that's got a tremendous pass rush is run the ball at him. You know, uh, you don't want to be in third and eight, third and 11, where they can just tee up. And Ohio State does a really good job getting the ball out quick anyway. They got receivers that are fully capable of really anything, but certainly the quick passing game can negate a pass rush. So Ohio State has options. Michigan's going to be in trouble. I think their their defense isn't as good as some of these other Michigan defenses that they've played. Um, you know, there's not – they haven't seen anything like Ohio State. So with all that said, though, it's it's about just what you guys said, running the ball, limiting mistakes, and then you can play in attack mode. As, as um, the Midwest Insider mentioned, when things are going well, it's so easy for Ohio State. So that that comment about – playing a slow down game you know it's seven six you're conservative it's not really what ohio state has excelled at you know they didn't look good against nebraska they didn't look good against penn state at times when they had to really grind it out so hopefully um you know they can get out they can run the ball they can have some success in the air and open the game up a little bit because michigan doesn't want to play like that the other thing too is michigan has struggled against when when teams go with tempo and we've seen Ohio State's been showing tempo with the intentions of passing first, and I think it's gonna it's gonna flip totally on its head this week. It's gonna be tempo with the intention to run first, pass second. Well, you're looking at you're you're looking at Ohio State, Michigan, and you're you're looking at it from a Michigan perspective. There's just no way that those guys aren't a little bit psychologically intimidated by what they're what they're gonna see. I mean, they know what the games look like recently. They know who Chris Olave is. They know who Garrett Wilson is. Now they're looking at, oh, my, who's they get, who's number 11? You know, this guy is just as good as Midwest Insider pointed out. Can't forget about Jeremy Ruckert. They're looking at how fast Travion Henderson is. He was clocked at 23 miles per hour. That's insane. That means if he was going a little bit faster, he'd get picked up for speeding. Um, Just there's – And then they we'll have throw to be a little bit psyched out. Yep. What's that? You got Go Mayan Williams, the bowling ball, and then if you even need a little Master T. Yeah, there's always punish. a wrinkle for this game. It seems, you know, dating back to Trestle, Urban, Day, there's always a wrinkle that no one's really expecting. And I think Mayan might be that wrinkle. Um, I know we've seen him come on a little bit the last few games, but his running style um, is perfect against a team like Michigan. So, you know, I, I forget what year it was, but we brought in David Tyree, um, a, a backup tackle who hadn't played all year, really. We brought him in almost every play as an extra tackle, lining up as tight end and just ran it down their throat. So I'm excited for whatever wrinkle day has ready to go. And, you know, there will be one. And that's the question. Is it going to be C.J. Stroud running the ball? Um, people have been asking for it. You know, the thing is, he we haven't Ohio State hasn't needed it. I guess um, 
could have said at Nebraska. But when you're looking at his over-under for a rushing prop, it's got to be single digits. I mean, he never runs the ball. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know whether it's it, – w- would you take uh, – Coach, would you take C.J. Stroud over under 11.5 rushing yards? What would you do with that, or would you just pass? You know, I think that it's going to be – I think in this game he's going to do whatever it takes. I have faith in that, and that's – you have to be that to be the Ohio State quarterback. You have to be willing to – take whatever that defense is going to give you in this game. And if he doesn't, then he needs to go the hell somewhere else. Right. Right. So uh, Midwest, would you, would you take him over 11 and a half rushing yards or pass? I agree with coach. I think it's over. Um, I think Stroud will do whatever it takes to win. I think there will be yards out there. Um, now, on the other hand, right, is if, if you're one of these people that think Ohio State's going to, you know, get up by multiple touchdowns the first half, then he probably won't run, right? I mean, he's not going to scramble for those four yards if we're up, you know. And I'm not predicting that either. That's the, the only way, question is, will, will he need to do it? Or, right. you know, will he score a rushing touchdown? Tua's brother yesterday scored his first rushing touchdown of the season um, against Michigan. So I would say, know, actually, if it was – that's not a prop that I'd be interested in, but just in terms of the game, I, you know – I'd probably pass on it if I was from a betting perspective. But in terms of the game, if it's available to him, he better take it. And we need it. So let's talk about Michigan's offense here. Um, for me, their quarterback is an interesting player. Um, he is Mr. Creative. You know, like he finds a way to get them down the field on third down, passing it to the running backs, passing it to the tight ends. He reminds me of like a backup, crafty NFL veteran. Um, you know, just a guy that finds a way to get it done. Now, granted, he's doing it against lesser competition. Um, their running backs are good. Uh, Hassan Haskins is not fast, but he runs hard. You saw yesterday Ohio State was able to take uh, Kenneth Walker out of the game, mostly because of just what the score was. You can't just hand the ball off and run and you're down 35 nothing. Um, and then Blake Corum is probably going to play. He's he's okay. He's he's little, strong guy, low center of gravity. He's he's all right. Uh, I know Michigan is super excited about their running backs. Their receivers are coming on a little bit. Uh, freshman from Ann Arbor is playing well. Or no, excuse me, from East Lansing, he's playing well. And then uh, Cornelius Johnson has played okay this season. Tight ends for them are are always useful. Eric All and. Um, one other guy, Schoonmaker, they're using now. Their offensive line has has been average, I would say. Ohio State's defense overall has been average, but I would argue now they're looking better than ever. And here's why. Their D-line's healthy. They've kind of figured out who they want at linebacker. Uh, now it looks like they have Tommy Eichenberg playing a lot of the game. They have Taraja Mitchell not involved. Um, they're using Steel Chambers, who we've all thought – for the second half of the season has been the best linebacker on the team. Uh, Ronnie Hickman, obviously in that bullet position has had a great season. Uh, Denzel Burke, did he get dinged up or did he come back in the game? He came back in. He came back in. Okay. Uh, And obviously Cam Brown has had a great season. So Ohio State's strong at corner. The safety play has been a huge question mark. Josh Proctor being out the whole season with uh, Bryson Shaw. Now they're kind of using Lathan Ransom 
you know, a couple times. He looks better when, when they let him play yeah. and stuff. He's looked really good the last two weeks. And I thought Shaw played his best game. On so maybe Saturday they're figuring too. out what, you know, how to use uh, Latham a little bit more. So Michigan on offense, uh, Midwest, what do you think this is going to look like? So, I mean, this is, uh, it, it's not complicated, right? Michigan wants to run the ball. That's their identity. So Ohio State needs to stop the run. Uh, you mentioned their tight end all. That's the guy who scares me the most outside of their running game. I'd love to see Steel Chambers kind of lock him up because, you know, Steel's a converted running back. The guy's oozing with, you know, athleticism. And I think he'll be a, a weapon in the passing, stopping that, you know, play action to all, which is what they want to do. Um, you know, I like I like this matchup for Ohio State. I think that that we've traditionally done pretty well stopping, you know, that more traditional I formation. Let's run it down your throat offense. Now I do think, you know, just as we said that Ohio state's going to have some wrinkles on offense, the same is going to happen with Michigan. I think that JJ McCarthy, their backup quarterback is kind of the wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if he got more snaps than usual um, and they did a lot of RPOs with the option for the quarterback run. Um, Ohio State has struggled immensely stopping the RPOs. I think Steel Chambers um, has helped in that category because our linebackers have been good against the run, but besides Steel, they've been very, very suspect against the pass. So that's what I would be doing if I was Michigan all game long, is doing our RPO, confusing the linebackers, Throwing it in the middle of the field, which always seems to be open. Um, and that's that's where all kind of thrives. So take him away. Take away the run game. Um, I think that Michigan will put up points. But can they get 35 to 40, as we mentioned? I don't, I don't think so. So I like the matchup. I do think they'll score. Um, but hopefully we're ready for those RPOs. Michigan State's offense has been successful this season. They were horrible. It was by far the worst game that they've played this season. That's a great thing. Was it a product of Ohio State scoring so much that, you know, the uh, Spartans were just overwhelmed? Um, Coach Tommy Eichenberg, tough Borland, guys like this that the fans hate. I truly believe that they're recruited to make sure that they don't lose to Wisconsin or Michigan running the ball at them. These are the the games that those guys in our defense is built for. That's what um, where the old school Ohio State classic linebacker that can come up and plug a hole and make the stop your, you know, Andy Katzenmoyer, uh, Freddie Pudgick, and these guys that played in the, the 90s, early 2000s, they, they kind of fill that mold. Now they get exposed when they're, they have to cover uh, sideline to sideline, but that's not the case here. So, you know, uh, I do not see Michigan running the ball. They're going to have to be very creative. I think uh, the insider has a, a really good um, – game plan there and, and really kind of try to make those linebackers move a little bit, see if you can confuse them. Um, that's that's the only way that I see them moving the ball. If not, I really see it kind of being the same as what we've seen the last few weeks where a team attempts to run downhill. We know that uh, Harbaugh is uh, set in his ways. He may, you know, there may be some wrinkles here or there, but we know what he's going to try to do. And those teams just get absolutely eaten alive by our front seven. So good luck trying to run it up. And uh, we saw what happened yesterday and we saw what happened the previous weeks uh, trying to run it downhill. So uh, they're going to have to have some wrinkles in order to score, in my opinion. So on offense, I am going to go with Dewan Jones. 
as the key player in the game. I think if we can contain their defensive ends and really Nick Petit-Faree as well, you know, our, our tackles, if they can stop the, the, the pass rush from Michigan, Ohio State is going to be in great shape. Um, on defense, I would say Steel Chambers. He needs to be you know, sound in the run game and sound in the pass game because that's where they're going to want to eat. You know, I, I'd be salivating if I was an opposing offensive coordinator watching the film on Ohio State's defense because the middle of the field is always open. So if Steele can be that guy to kind of take away that middle of the field range, they're going to be in trouble moving the ball. Coach? In agreement, it definitely comes to the Ohio State run game. Uh, I'm going to do a combo of Trayvon and Mayan, uh, just the the running back position for Ohio State. Uh, The hard yards, earn them, um, move the chains, keep it going. That will open up the passing lanes. Um, Defensively, also agree that it's going to be steel chambers and linebacking linebacking core uh, have been the weak link so far this year on the defense. Uh, And this is a a game where their teams are trying to slam it up in the middle, use tight ends and things like that. The linebackers have to be alert. So uh, that's, I'm in the same, same boat with Midwest. Yeah, I like Travion Henderson as my player of the game. I think he's going to be offensive player of the game. I think he's going to go off. I think that um, they're going to use Travion as much as they need, and he's going to pop a couple long ones, and he's going to end up with close to 200 yards in the game. My defensive player, uh, I don't think that Ohio State is going to have a lot of issues stopping Michigan in their day-to-day activity. Um, You know, their dink and dunk stuff. They're trying to run the ball, A-gap, B-gap. I don't think they're going to have a ton of success. And what they're going to rely on is hopefully winning some jump balls, getting some pass interference, just some bullshit that gets them down the field. And I think Denzel Burke being a guy that takes away any hope on third and long because Ohio State has struggled on third and long for whatever reason. Um, you know, they drop back into zone. They don't think bring pressure. And all of a sudden, I mean, even early in the Michigan State game, Peyton Thorne steps up, hits some – some long first downs. We've seen it all season on third and long. So I think Ohio State's got to bring pressure. And I think Denzel Burke, the freshman, is going to come up with, you know, some lockdown coverage as well as Cam Brown, where these wide receivers are not going to be a part of the the football contest. And what that's going to mean is, you know, they're going to be punting. And uh, if Ohio State can force some punts, you know, as we've seen, their offense just doesn't get stopped. They score almost every time they have the ball. So Denzel Burke and Travion for me. Score prediction. Coach, we'll start with you. I'm going to go 35-17 Buckeyes. Midwest? I'm going to go with 38-28 to 28 Buckeyes. I will go 49-17 Absolute Ooh. blowout, and let me tell you why. I like that. Ryan Day is fucking fired up. The Buckeyes are fired up. As much as Michigan wants to say we're taking the rivalry serious this year, it's all about beating Ohio State. That's all they've talked about. I mean, that's almost disrespectful to what Ohio State's been doing. Like, look, guys, we've been doing that for a long time, and guess what? You didn't even want to play us last year at our place. We lost an entire home game. 
So I, I think it, I think it could be a bloodbath, and if given the chance, Ryan Day is going to make it look ugly. Yeah, I when think. was it that uh, Harbaugh and Day were at like a Big Ten media day or something? And Harbaugh that was before did last season. Yeah, and Day said, "I'm going to hang a hundred on you," or that's the rumor. The rumor, <laughs> yeah. And I just I think that that's what it, I think you're going to see an Ohio State team that's more motivated than ever, and I love. Midwest point about the tackles. If we can block their guys, they can't beat us, I don't think. So, and if they can't beat us, it's going to get ugly because we're going to be throwing it down the field over and over again. And like I said, Travion's going to pop off some huge ones and the game's going to be out of hand just like it was last week. I don't think it's going to be as bad. Obviously, being a road game, CJ Stroud's going to have to overcome some adversity early in the game, I think. Um, but if they do get out to a good start, I think it's going to be ugly. I'll be excited. We'll all be there in Ann Arbor. Hit us up. If you're going to be there, hit us up on Twitter. We'll link up and um, get this thing done. Any last thoughts, fellas? No, thanks for having us. You didn't You didn't ask about the favorite Michigan story, though. I did have a couple good ones for you. <laughs> yeah, you want to give us last one, one Michigan story before we, before we end? I'll give, I'll give two quick ones. So, uh, in the 1970s, this was before my time, and this is a true story. I've seen the picture. Uh, my dad and his buddies, I mentioned David Weber. Some of his other buddies were up at the Michigan game. And one of his buddies, his name is Tim Gaffney. And the, before the game, uh, they were, you know, walking in. They're in their seats. They're like, where the hell is Tim? The game's about to start. So the team, Ohio State, comes running out. This is in Ann Arbor. And they're like, who's that idiot with a huge Ohio State flag leading the team out of the tunnel? And it's their buddy, Tim. Somehow he snuck down, got an Ohio State flag, led the <laughs> Ohio State football team onto the field. And he was on the Michigan M waving this gigantic Buckeye flag, which I've seen the picture of then. A bunch of, you know, wrestling lettermen, whoever, Ohio, Michigan, um, uh, Michigan guys ran out in the field and just beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. that's a good one. one. The other one is uh, I'll share a quick story about the neutron man. So for those that don't know, the neutron man is just larger than life. Literally um, <laughs> a guy named Orlis who would dance in the end of the third quarter, um, show him on the big screen. It was kind of a tradition. Every home game, he would get up and dance. So, Anyways, in 2003, we took a bus, and it was actually Jerome Bettis' bus, as odd as that is, up to Ann Arbor. The Neutron Man was on this bus. You know, Bobby Carpenter's parents were on this bus, like my dad and his buddies. It's just a, a strange group. I actually don't even know how these people all got involved in this. But anyways, <clears throat> so we go up there, and if you've never been, they pack you in. You cannot move. Um, so the Neutron Man was all packed in. He was peeing in bottles during the game. After the game, we lost. <laughs> and so if you do go up there, we were in the RV lot. We had to wait for probably three hours to get out. And the Neutron Man had, at that point, taken his shirt off. And he's a big guy. And he was just ripping the smelliest farts I've ever smelled in my entire life. My head was <laughs> hanging out of the bus, almost gagging. And I just remember the look on Bobby Carpenter's parents' face. It'd be funny if he's listening to this, should ask him about that story. But anyways, I don't mean to, to, <laughs> to 
to poke fun at the neutron man. He was hilarious, larger than life guy. Unfortunately, he passed away shortly after, but he was a trip and it, it was fun. I was laughing, but, um, you know, that was one of my two losses I've seen up there. So it was pretty rough. I <laughs> know. Yeah, we appreciate that coach. Final thoughts. Uh, love this week. You know, we talked about all of the amazing things and I'll, I'll just share one quick story as well. So, uh, the, the one versus two year, uh, lived out of state and was flying back for the game. And, uh, we everybody gets seated in the the pilot we're going back to columbus in the pilot the first thing you know normally they say there we're going here and there he goes oh and the entire plane gave a, a huge io and it was just a big party from there on the way back people that's were buying amazing. drinks left and right everybody was just getting ready and that's the type of thing that you can only get from this rivalry oh yeah i mean that's it for me i remember i'm, I'm in high school and I was actually playing at a basketball camp, University of Cincinnati basketball camp, University of Cincinnati. And I don't know if you've ever – if you've been to a camp like that, they're, they're essentially a tournament. But, so you play like five, six games a day. You're just exhausted by the end of the day. And our last game, we're playing on some far court. And the team we're playing, I'm looking down. They're called Pioneer High School. And I asked my coach, I'm like, who the fuck is Pioneer High School? And the coach is like, they're, they're from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I mean, <laughs> I'm like, really? And <laughs> I was just so excited. So I, you know, they, they weren't very good. I don't know how they are day to day, but they weren't very good. And that, <laughs> that, so that was the closest side felt to actually being a part of it. But um, that's my little story that I just made sure that I played a great game. Cause I, I could not take an L to the Ann Arbor pioneer high school and then, you know, later on, my first time going up to the game, I end up tailgating in, in Pioneer parking lot, essentially, or right across the street from it, I think. And I just, those two things connected because it had only been a few years before that, that, that I had that memory. So, again, something that, you know, we knew about as kids. And here we are as dads, as adults, taking care of business. So we're heading up. Hopefully the Buckeyes put on a great showing cash some tickets this week appreciate you fellas thanks guys go about the game and here we go michigan at the 41 what a hit balls free on the ground south carolina deserves to have it cloudy just says i'll take care of business right here i'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense second and ten for Fields. Fields to throw it. Pump fake. Sacks. Fires. Touchdown, Garrett Wilson. Now Burrow going to launch downfield for Chase. Who's got it? Touchdown, LSU. This is Menace to Picks.